Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. Uh, no, Jess was just talking through the things that we are. Last week, our, our Tamil service actually was completely filled in that room. A family came late and they got directed in there. I was like, yeah, trying to open that door to get somebody else in. And just like sort of shoved them in and shut the door, you know. It was one of those moments. It's a great thing to see. Uh, I feel like this room, this auditorium needs some expansion down the track. I think you know, over the coming years, we've already got plans drawn up. Pastor Steve got plans drawn up. Put a beautiful balcony in here. Wouldn't that be amazing? Put another 150 people up there come on let's keep believing for what God is doing in the house I've been thinking around uh, faith love and hope and what it actually what it actually means to come into this weekend what it means to to come into to just walking in the house of God and honestly as I've been thinking that through I uh, just thinking about how how much of it is a wonderful thing that Jesus Christ has got a hold of our hearts and got a hold of our lives I uh, just as I reflected further, I just started thinking, I am so grateful that Jesus has saved me. I grew up, if you know my story, I grew up in the house of God. But over a few years, I learned a little journey away from the house of God, from the things of God, from the purposes of God, the plan of God for my life. End up in a few messy situations, ugly situations where I shouldn't have been. And Jesus interrupted me. Uh, interrupted me when I probably wasn't hoping that he would. Interrupted me when I wasn't expecting that he would. Interrupted me. And brought me back to purpose, brought me back to the things of God, pulled me out of my deception, pulled me out of my sin, pulled me out of my selfishness. And Jesus did such a great work. I am grateful that He dragged me back to the kingdom of God. I look around this room, I see there's a bunch of you like me, maybe had some journeys in and out, and God just grabbed a hold of you, pulled you back into His kingdom. I, for one, stand here today on Faith, Love, Hope Offering Weekend, just saying, I am so grateful for God's work in my heart, in my life, in who I am, I'm so grateful that He does that. And let me add to that, I'm grateful that His redirection to me brought me back to the kingdom of God and His purposes for my life. Brought me back to what He created me for, what He created me to do. I stand here before you in the fact that I am grateful that He brought me back to His local church. He brought me back to the cause of Christ. He brought me back to a place of seeing people's lives healed. Others around us seeing a community transformed. Brought me back to the reality that we're here to unmistakably influence our world for good and for God. Lives transformed. People saved. People healed. People set on fire. We're singing that song. Let revival fire burn in our hearts. We're singing it today in a powerful way. I am forever grateful for the fact that I am here. I think last 12 years for Pastor Wendy and I here at City Point West. And it's been an exciting 12 years. There's been an a, a incredible life change 12 years for us, let alone the people around us. And we've seen God do great miracles. We've seen God do things that we never could have expected. Amazing, amazing things. And I am excited by that. And let me just say the last 12 years in no way have been boring. In no way. Listen, if you are bored in your Christian walk, I want to be really, really clear, it's your fault. This Christian journey isn't a boring one. It's exciting. It's incredible. Unfortunately, though, I look, especially these last few years across the globe, Christians have shifted from this picture of mission and vision and we're in the house of God to grow families and grow our lives and to be who God's called us to be, to, to connect ourselves with the mission that God has for us and Shifted to a place of, ah, church is my little side gig that I get to when I got time. 
Church is my, my, my thing that I get to when I don't have stuff on in my life. And I'm a bit busy now for church, and I'll get there once a month if I can. It's shifted. It's shifted in the way of how God has created us to be. Listen, they're missing out on the great adventure that it is being in the local church, serving God, being a part of the cause of Christ. Listen, we talk here today about giving and sowing and, and the great difference that it makes. And, and we look at, at expansion. Listen, we need expansion because we are expanding powerfully. I look at our youth ministry, just incredibly growing and outgrown that room. We started and like, this stick kids up there. Let's see how we go. Oh my goodness, now they don't fit. This is so cool. Kick off a, 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 a Tamil room. Listen, I said to the Tamil guys, if you can fill this room, I'll double it. Then they went and filled it. Now I have to be a man of my word. It's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. Listen, this, this journey's not boring. It's exciting. Some Christians believe that they can just scrape through life with Jesus as the little side genie that they turn to when they need a miracle in their life. But listen, that's not the world we're created through for. We're not created to scrape by into heaven. We're not created to have the, the balance of I do some good, I do some bad. That's not the, the case. We're here to make a difference. We're here to change the world. We're here to bring a generation to Jesus Christ. We're here to say, listen, God has called me to something more for my life. Not, oh, I'm too busy for that stuff. I'll just come and turn up to church when I can. That's not how God created you and I it's not what he has created you for listen I am glad that God has pulled me out of that kind of living into a life of saying this so much more and and beyond that I am glad that our savior Jesus didn't live a life of ah I'll just get through this life and take the easy journey and I'll make some miracles happen so I don't have to do some stuff and uh, and, and and crosses I'm glad Jesus didn't say I don't do crosses that stuff's too painful for me I'm glad that wasn't Jesus' heart. I'm glad his heart was, I'm given everything that I've got for my, my people, for my kingdom, for my children. Listen, Jesus' destiny was determined by the fact that he gave himself. And my destiny was determined by that fact as well. It was determined by the fact that Jesus said, I am giving everything that I have got. Listen, giving or lack of giving always determines your destiny. Giving or lack of giving always determines your destiny. I look at life. Life is like this. There's a cycle of life of giving and receiving. I'm not just talking about finances right now. It's in the way of energy. Listen, how do we get energy? We have to receive. And unfortunately, there's things that get given from that energy outworking in our lives. There's growth. There's enlargement. There's the cycle of life that we all die and we give our bodies back to the earth. You know, this is the reality of how things work. Giving and receiving is a continual outworking. I just look at your everyday lives. You give your life. You trade your time. You trade your skills. You trade your energy to get the finances that you have that got you through the last week. They didn't just come because you're good looking and wonderful. I wish that was the case. I'm sure I'd be very rich. Why is that so many laughs? That wasn't actually a joke. That was a statement. My wife would be rich for us anyway. What? Why did no one laugh at that? 
Listen, we gave our lives. We gave our skill set. Some of you trained for a decade to get the skill set you had to give it this week to get back finance. This is, this is how we are working. We trade that, trade our lives, trade our time, trade our energy, trade our skill set. We trade that to get those things back. This is the rhythm of life, our, our giving, our outworking that determines the blessing. Listen, if you didn't give it last week, you sat at home, you put up your feet and went, I'm not going to work this week. And then at the end of the week, your paycheck come with so many zeros and no other numbers. Because you didn't trade. This is the rhythm of life. It's the cycle of who we are. For God, He traded His only begotten Son so that He could have many, many sons and daughters. He traded that. This is the reality. Listen, the gospel's cheap, but it's not free. Jesus gave His life for the reality that it could be part of who we are. Again, the Bible says, if a grain of wheat remains by itself, it just continues there. But if it's put into the ground, it brings forth a great harvest of grain. We have to understand our giving determines our destiny and determines the destiny of others. You know the great challenge to this is that we often just want the blessing of life without the releasing of seed. We do. We, this is our natural bent. We want the blessing of life without releasing. We want the, the privilege without the responsibility. I look around at lots of young people I relate to. They want the money, but they don't want the working. PT, I want to be blessed. Okay, let me help you get a job. Oh, I've got a bone in my leg. I can't quite make it this week. They want the money but not the responsibility of the job. It's like sex outside of marriage. They want the pleasure, but not the responsibility that comes with the outworking of that in your life when the power of commitment that should be outworked through marriage. We have a generation living like that and it just causes brokenness and despair. We have to understand that God has purpose to that for a reason. The church wants revival that... God would move in the western suburbs of Brisbane, but we don't want to serve because, ah, oh, I can't serve anymore. Busy, too busy. Don't want to give. Can't understand that there is an outworking that comes with God moving powerfully. Uh, I remember hearing a, a story a few years ago. Two young brothers going into a, into a dentist and they walk into the dentist and the older brother goes into the dentist and says, dentist, I, I need you to remove a tooth straight away. I can't wait. Listen, this tooth needs to come out. I'm happy with no injections for pain. I'm happy with no gas. This, this tooth needs to just be removed immediately. The dentist turns to the older brother and says, wow, you're brave. He's like, yes, I am. Can you do it? Can you do it straight away? The dentist says, yeah, I can. Which tooth do I need to remove? Turns to his younger brother and says, show him which tooth is sore. <laughs> Listen, it's bravery for that older brother. He's not the one about to go through the pain. Listen, sometimes I think our giving would be outworked powerfully if we got the neighbor beside us wallet. Now, I'm not talking about your husband and wife just there. I'm talking the neighbor next to them. Got their wallet, we'd happily give. This is the outworking that we see there. But the reality of our giving is this. It's about us and about what happens in me, what happens in my life. We need to be involved. We need to be serving. We need to be throwing it in and letting God do great stuff through what we do with our lives. 
So many people go, Pastor Tim, you can do it. It's awesome. No, no, no. The, the kingdom of God is not about Pastor Tim. It's about us and we together and what God does through all of us. To see great things happen, we will have to give us, we'll have to give something. It will cost us something. It will cost us time. It'll cost us love. It'll cost us effort. It'll cost us money. It'll cost us prayer. It'll cost us self to see God do great things in our lives. Listen, for all of our lives. If you want a great marriage, it's going to cost you those things. If you want to be a great parent, it's going to cost you those things. If you want to build a great business, it's going to cost you those things. If you're going to build great things around who you are. Listen, I want to say this again. Our destiny and the destiny of others is connected to what we give with our lives, to what we sow. Listen, giving was important to Jesus. In fact, there's a story in Mark chapter 12, and it's a story of Jesus standing beside the giving box, and he was waiting for everyone to come and give. And, and it says in this story that all these rich people came and gave great amounts. And this poor widow came and just gave two small coins, a couple of cents, just put them in there. And Jesus was moved by that moment. He grabbed his disciples and said, hey, hey, guys, check this out. I got to tell you right now, that woman, she just gave more than everybody else. Yeah, they're a bit stunned. What, what, do you, what do you mean gave more? She put a couple of cents in there. She bought two five-cent pieces and chucked them in. And he said, it's not about the amount. It's about the reality that she understood giving by giving all that she had. Out of their abundance, they gave a little. Out of her little, she gave everything. He understood the power of that. Now, wh why was Jesus watching? Let me be real clear, because giving is important to him. We, we read in the book of Acts, God appears and speaks to someone and says, I, I saw your giving. I saw the power of that. And now I'm coming and I'm spreading the gospel to the Gentiles. It was an incredible picture. Jesus cared about our giving. Now, listen. I'm not going to be standing and watching the bucket today. I just got to be real clear. I'm not going to do that. We're going to do a little different. We come and do this once a year like this. I'm not going to be standing. I'm happy to stand over that side. If that makes you feel more comfortable, I won't be watching. I'm not going to do a Jesus on you today. I do care about giving and the power of that. But that is uh, between you and God who cares more. Jesus cares because giving does a lot. First, it declares that you believe God's word is true. Secondly, giving declares that you trust God. I know every time I give, I'm saying, God, I'm, I'm trusting you for what I have. The crazy thing about giving is it is the only proof of love. I can tell my wife I love her, but I always prove it by my giving. Saying things, I remember her teaching me this at a young age of marriage. Saying it's not enough, my dear husband. You got to show me. By your giving, by your actions, by what you are for the young men in the room. Let me just give you the truth on this. Your wives want to see the outworking of your love. Listen, giving determines your destiny. Giving determines the destiny of others. It does. You know, I, I think about this story. And, and I think about the fact that when we go to heaven... Money's not going to be a thing. Money's not going to be the, the, the thing that we're worried about. When we, when we go to heaven, we're, we're not going to be there saying, oh, I just need to take a, a loan out of God's bank. In, in heaven, money's not a deal. Here it is. Here it's a thing. To live, to survive, 
to get through every week. Money is a thing to us. It is definitely a thing for our lives. And, and it makes me think then, you know, what is it about this whole deal? Maybe, maybe giving is more about the fact that God's trying to get something to us than just trying to take something from us here. Maybe there's something bigger at play in our lives. And, and just for a moment, I'd love us to go into Luke chapter 16 as I wrap up my thoughts today with, with four quick thoughts out of Luke chapter 16 as Jesus is addressing this area of our life in a big way. He says this in verse 10, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful with unrighteous mammon, money, who will commit to you the true, uh, commit to your trust the true riches? If you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and, mum, and, and mammon, which is money. I want to give you four quick thoughts out of this. He first says in verse 10, who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. My first thought in this when it comes to our finances, if we have to be faithful in the little. When it comes to giving, when it comes to outworking finance, and listen, this is the great dilemma because we feel like there's never enough. Listen, I've seen people that say, I only got $100 this week. I can't possibly give because I need that money to survive. Listen, if you can't tithe 10% of $100, if I give you a million dollars tomorrow, I'm sure you'll struggle to release 10% of that million dollars. If you can't release $10, you're probably never going to release $100,000 in a tithe because he is faithful in what is little. Listen, when faith with the small amount, we see the great amount. Now, this is the powerful picture here, and it's a big one. It's a big one because if you can't be faithful in the little, you won't actually get the much. We're going to understand it. Listen, this is the principle of finances. If you can't be faithful in the small amount that you feel like you're getting paid every week, if you can't be faithful with not just your sowing, but what you do with your money, you will never get the much. Listen, I, I watch people whom I know and I've helped get jobs who get paid significantly more than me that never have money. Because they're not faithful with what they get. Even if it's, ah, oh, PT, it's not enough. It's not enough that I get paid almost two grand last week. I'm like, if it's not enough for you to get paid two grand last week, listen, it's never going to be enough for you. Because you haven't learned how to use what you have. You haven't learned how to be faithful with what you have. And listen, getting more, the same outcome will happen in your life. You will still have nothing because you haven't learned to be faithful right now. So I remember when you used to get paid $100 a week and you had the same amount at the end of the week that you have right now. Or zero, but it's the same amount at the end of the week. Because you haven't learned how to be faithful. Listen, if you don't learn how to be faithful, I'm talking about savings. You know that fact that money is left in my account at the end of the week? That's a part of being faithful. If you haven't learned how to give out of what you have, that is a part of being faithful. If you haven't learned how to invest in the right things, if you think TAB is a great place to invest, you haven't understood the great investment places for your life. The betting, online betting, isn't a great investment point. Let me tell you, 
the, the casino isn't a great investment point, unless you own a casino. <laughs> there's a good investment point because there's lots of people losing lots of money there. And if you're thinking you're going to be not one of them, then that's just a bad place. You've got to find the right investment points for your life. Let me tell you, the, the, the local liquor store, not a good investment point. Not a good investment point. It's a great place to waste money. There's no doubt about it. I watch people, hundreds of them, waste money just down the road here every single day. Find the right place of investment, an investment that's going to bring back to you. Listen, if you want to see places to get a loan, I'm not a financial planner, but I can give you probably one fairly safe place in your house that grows and enlarges. Second one, maybe a car that can help you get to work and not one that you can't afford. Maybe, just maybe, there are places that you have to look at investment into my future. What's going to help me to grow and to enlarge if you can't be faithful with the little that you get? God will not reward us with the much. And this is an incredible picture for us to look at. If we look at the parable of the talents, who was blessed? The one that invested right. The one that outworked their life right. Not the one that hid away. The one that invested right. Listen, little can be lots when God gets involved. I am testament to the fact that little can be lots when I make God center of my little. I look back and since the age of 19, Wendy and I serving God, having Him center of our lives, sowing into the kingdom of God every week, we've faithfully given into the kingdom of God. Listen, every year we've sown well above our tithes and offerings when it comes to faith, love and hope. Over however many years ago that is, that's a lot of years. Over the last, that's 28, oh my goodness, I'm an old man. It's 28 years of sowing faith and blessing has flowed continually to my life because I've been faithful with the little and he's poured it out. He goes on verse 11, Therefore, if you've not been faithful with unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you, you the true riches of heaven? Listen, some of you sitting here going, what come in my bank account was my true riches? That's not what Jesus teaches right here. He says, what came into your bank account was finances. And listen, the big challenge is those finances, money, unrighteous mammon is a terrible master. It's a terrible master. If it's a master of your life that challenges you all the time, it's a terrible master. It's a wonderful slave. When money is a slave to you and it's something that you know how to invest well and sow well and release well, it's a powerful tool for your life. But when it's something that becomes your master and you're a slave to it, it is a destroyer of people's living in a big, big way. And he says, if you are a slave to that, you will never receive the true riches. Listen, Jesus shows us here that the kingdom riches are the riches that we need. The kingdom riches. I look at my life. It's the kingdom riches that have poured out and they've taught me and trained me and equipped me to actually outwork the right riches to my life. They've removed things that have held me bound that have stolen actual riches from who I am. It's a powerful thought. It's an amazing thought. If you want to understand God's blessing, if you want to understand spirituality in a powerful way, understand the dollars aren't the true riches that you need for your life. You know, our bank account statements are an economic statement for where we're at. Again, I'm not a financial planner, but let me give it to you simple. If there's no money in your account, 
you've got no money. You see what I'm saying here? It's simple. It's very simple. If there's no money in your account, you've got no money. This, this here is an economic statement. But listen, your bank account statements are also often a moral statement. If your bank account statements come with the, those moments where money's disappearing out of your bank account, it, it's a statement. If you look at it, you can see your morality. Listen, if there is subscriptions to things on the internet that you shouldn't be sub, sub, uh, subscribing to, it's a moral statement there in your bank account. Some things you should never be looking at there. If it's that, it's a moral statement. Again, we talk about the TAB. If your investment portfolio is wrapped up with online betting portfolios, for your life, it's a moral statement to your belief system and how stupid that it is. Again, forgive me if that's you in the room. I want to tell you right now, God can break that curse off your life because it is a curse and it wants to rob from you. Listen, if your, if your statement, have you spent a fair bit of time down at the bottle down the road and you can see it come up on, it's a moral statement to what you believe your happiness is attached to. Those moral statements speak to your life. And listen, I want to be really clear that we need to have the right things speaking, the right moral statements to our life. Listen, if your statements talk about the fact that you're sowing in the kingdom of God with an expectation of God pouring out blessing upon a community, it's a great moral statement for who we are, to our lives and to everything that goes on around us. Listen, we're going to be really clear. People ask me, you know, PT, how come you've got money? Listen, I've never wasted it in those places. That's why. I've never wasted it there in those areas. Listen, I, I would invest in the right areas for my life, not because of great receiving, but because of great understanding. I would never waste money right in those places. God's spiritual riches. This is the reality that he says. He wants to pour these out, and our giving is connected to that. This is why our destiny is connected to our giving. He goes on and says this in verse 12. He says, If you've not been faithful in what's another man's, who will give you what is your own? Listen, we always have an opportunity to serve others. Be faithful with what's others. I, I look as being a location pastor here. I have to be faithful with your giving into this house. I have to be faithful. I wouldn't waste money on stupid projects, but projects that would see us continually enlarge what God wants to do through this house. We have to be faithful in that. I have to hear God. I pray on it every day. God, give me wisdom as a pastor and as a leader to lead with others' finances. Again, people have sown in here for decades. The chairs you sit on, the room you sit in, the air conditioner keeping us cool. All of those things have been because of others' investment into the house of God. I've got to be faithful with that. I have to be faithful serving our senior pastor's vision for this house. And you all do that. If you serve in somebody else's business, in somebody else's uh, work environment, you have to be faithful to what that is. And listen, God has an expectation you would. When you have a job to do, do your job. Serve well. Serve that leader. Serve that, that, that boss that you have. Serve their vision. Listen, if you're supposed to be at work, don't be on Facebook. If you're supposed to be doing something, don't be hiding around the corner. Remember hearing a story about someone, oh, I won't even say that because we're going to stay focused. <laughs> be, be faithful, serving. Be faithful, serving others' vision. I think about the house of God. When we walk into this place, we're faithful with the vision that God's placed on this house. Faithful with the vision to unmistakably influence the western suburbs of Brisbane. I have served at church since I was 19 years of age. 
I've served in youth ministry, at kids ministry, served in every area of church life, served putting out chairs, served passing buckets, served standing at front doors, served packing up, setting, setting up, packing down the other way around, doing all of those things, served and served God. And I am so blessed because of it. Served and served and served. Be faithful with what is not yours. I look at the story of Elijah and Elisha. Young man appears and he follows and follows and follows and serves and serves. Even the guy said, go away, leave me alone. He stayed and served. And the double portion came upon his life. Be faithful with somebody else's vision. Be faithful with what God puts on your life. And he goes on, he says uh, this, Jesus says in verse 13, No one can serve two masters, for either he hate the one who will love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and, ma- and mammon. You cannot serve God and money. Again, money is a great servant, but it is a lousy, cruel master. Money in our life is a great servant to who we are, great servant to our future, but it is a cruel master when it has a hold of us. Listen, so many people today are serving money. Right around the globe, you see people serving money. Even Christians that have left the house of God, no longer around, just busy, 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 working, controlled by that. Listen, I want to be really clear. It is a much, much better plan to be a servant of God. He is a gracious, loving master. He is a gracious, loving one. If we're a servant of God, and we're a master to our finances, there's a much, much better plan. Much better plan. And, and the question that comes off that is, how do I know which one I'm serving? You, you ready for a truth bomb moment? How, how do I know which one I'm serving? The question is, this, which one am I listening to? Which one am I listening to? When we hear faith, love and hope offering weekend, which one am I listening to? Are we hearing God's voice saying, hey, listen, I want you to come and step out and sacrificially give something, an amount that is scary to you. But money speaks and says, that has to be the devil, get behind me, Satan. I can never do that. I feel like every year, that's what God does to me. It says, Tim, I want you to step out and give a a fresh amount. When money speaks to me, it says, I'm saying, get behind me, Satan. I don't want to do that. I, I can't, that hurts. I know how much I have to work for that money to be able to sow that. I know how wise I have to be with my finance to get to that point. Which one speaks the loudest? That's the question. Which one speaks to us all the time? Is fear? Is worry? It speaks, I need more money, I need to, or is it God, Him speaking, saying, listen, you sow, I'll bless. I'll pour out blessing. I'll pour out. Pour it out in abundance and enlargement. As Jess said, I I love the story of Braden and Jess from the last two years. I, I, I walked them through that story as their finances seemed so difficult. I remember Jess crying. I'm never going to be able to buy a house. I remember saying that. It's never going to be able to happen. She's just crying as she's saying that. And you know what? I also saw Jess say, I'm going to sow. And we're going to have faith that God's going to do more. Listen, I've known Jess since she was 15 years of age. If you want to ask me something about Jess, if you want to get money from her, you've got to pry it from her cold, dead fingers. (laughs) I think you've heard Braden talk enough about how difficult she is when it comes to walking with budget. But to hear her say, I'm going to sow, for me was a, hey, listen, there's somebody that's got the right master. And the outcome of that, boom, the blessing of God just poured out in their life. These guys were living with us. 
and moved out and now got their own awesome house. So I want to move in with them because it's a cool one. It's the blessing of God. Which one? Which is speaking? On days like today, which one speaks to you? Which one shouts at you? Which one do you have to block out that voice to make sure we've got the right master? When Jesus is speaking, he says you can't have two. Understand there is a right master. Listen, who you follow connects you to your destiny. Our giving connects us and connects others to their destiny. It's a powerful thing. It's a powerful part of our life. And listen, we come to this day with a realization that we give and we sow. There's two parts to this day, there's no doubt. There's a part of sowing into the kingdom of God. There's also a part of bringing our prayer requests and our needs. And listen, I have mine and I've looked through mine over the years. They're, they're moments of great blessing. I look at my prayer requests for today and I also look on the back of it is the great place of, play, uh, place of praise. Because my prayer request is that God, I want to see an extension, but my praise is God, thank you for where you've already brought me. God, you brought me here. Because three years ago, when I put this prayer request in, God, I needed to come to here. Now I'm here, God, I need you to take me to here because this church needs me to go further. This church needs us to enlarge more. This church needs more of that. And so God, my prayer request is an enlargement of that again. It's a part of we do that. There's also a part we bring our finances. Come and we sow. Listen, I know some of you are already given online. I know that's a wonderful thing. I know some of you are going to give online. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.